Well, it's nice to be see everybody here this morning. It's nice to have Jerry leading the meeting. It takes enough of pressure of people whenever you're not overly used to being up here just to get somebody else to do something. I, whenever, I want to read a few verses in Genesis chapter 42. Genesis chapter 42. <clears throat> and maybe before we turn to God's word, we'll just bow our heads for a word of prayer together. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we're here this morning to worship and praise our mighty Savior. And Lord, the best thing we can do to worship and praise your name is to give you our hearts. Lord, there's not much point in giving you our words and giving you our music and giving you our songs if our hearts are far from God. Lord, we would ask this morning as we turn to thy word, Lord, that our hearts will be touched. And Lord, we'll feel the presence of God touching our hearts and drawing us out even more to, to give more to the Savior. And Lord, we just pray now that you'll take up thy word. You'll make it real to our hearts and you'll make it have an effect upon our souls that we'll give God what really is due to his name. So Lord, just touch us as we turn to thy word. Inspire your word as we read it. Take the scales from our eyes that we may see the truth of it. And Lord, make our hearts pliable in the hand of God. Lord, touch us, we ask today, that thy name be praised and glorified. We give you thanks, Lord, for the opportunity to praise you today. We give you thanks, Lord, for the songs we've been singing. We give you thanks in the depths of our souls for the Savior we have to give our worship to. And Lord, as we turn to thy word, we pray, Lord, may your name be glorified. Even as we read thy word, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> in Genesis chapter 42, <coughs> we're going to take a few verses here and there out of it. We'll start with verse 1 and 2, and then we'll jump down to verse 29. Genesis 42 and verse 1 and 2. <coughs> and when Jacob saw that there was corn... In Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do we look one another upon one another? And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither and buy for us from thence that we may live and not die. And we jump over to verse 29. And during those intervening verses, they had went to Egypt and they had got their first supply of corn and they were coming back to tell their father Jacob what happened whenever they were down there in Egypt we break into that conversation between the brothers and Jacob as they came back again in verse 29 and they came unto Jacob their father unto the land of Canaan and told them all that befell them saying the man who is lord of the land spake roughly to us and took us for spies of the country. And we said unto him, We are true men. We are no spies. We be uh, twelve brethren, sons of one father. One is not. And the younger is uh, this day with our father in the land of Canaan. And the man, the lord of the country, said unto us, 
Hereby shall I know that ye are true men. Leave one of your brethren here with me, and take food for the famine for your household, and be gone. And bring your youngest brother unto me. Then shall I know that ye are no spies, but that ye are true men. So will I deliver your brother, and ye shall traffic in the land. And it came to pass, as they emptied their sacks, that, behold, every man bundle of money was in the sack. And when they, when both they and their fathers saw the bundles uh, of money, they were afraid. And Jacob said, uh, and Jacob their father said unto them, Me have ye breathed of my children. Joseph is not. Simon is not. And will ye take Benjamin away? All these things are against me. And Reuben spake unto his father, saying, Slay my two sons, if I bring him not to thee. Deliver him into my hand, and I will bring him to thee again. And he said, and this is my text, if you want a text for this evening, and if you want to get somebody to take an odd text, well, you'll get me to do it. And he said, My son shall not go down. And if you want to base your thoughts, that's what I'm taking for a text. And he said, My son shall not go down with you, for this his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If mischief befall him, by the way, in which ye go, then shall ye bring uh, down my grey hairs with sorrow to the grave. <clears throat> and if we go on to chapter 43 and verse 5 at the tail end of it, he says again, Ye shall, uh, or Joseph, if you like the man in Egypt, he says, Ye shall not see my face except your brother come down with you. And that was, of course, the brother Benjamin that they were speaking about. And uh, Joseph in Egypt had told them that if you're coming back for more corn, you'll have to bring Benjamin with you. But old Jacob was saying, but you're not taking Benjamin with you. You know, there's a little verse in Peter. Peter chapter 3 and... uh, Second Peter, chapter 3 and verse 18. <clears throat> it says, Grow in grace and the knowledge of God. <clears throat> Grow in grace and the knowledge of God. And Peter was talking, I believe, to people who were saved by grace. He was talking to those who had been redeemed. He was talking to those who was genuinely saved, but he was saying to them, this is not the end of it. I want you to keep growing with God. You know, it's not strange the way it happens to many believers. They get saved. They're genuinely saved. They're genuinely redeemed with precious blood. Their names are wrote in the Lamb's Book of Life, but they're stuck. And they're not growing with God. Would you be one of those here this morning? And you're redeemed. You're saved. You're mightily saved. But you're going no place with God. Peter says in 2 Peter chapter... uh, In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. 
He says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow. And you know, it's a novel job if you see a baby lying in a manger in a cradle or in a cot, and he lies in the cart forever. You wouldn't like it. <clears throat> and yet with all how many of us believers has been saved by sovereign grace and we're still lying in a cot. We have never progressed with God. We have never got any place with God. We're just saved. And that's all we got. <clears throat> Are you going any place with God? <clears throat> you know, I love singing. I really do love singing. I used to have an old lorry and you heard me singing out of the lorry, the cracks in the bank, and the blotters up and down the road and I was still singing. <clears throat> But you know, it was an awful lot, Laurie, because the rhythm didn't keep constant. <laughs> and whenever the drum beat was changing, but it was an awful job getting the words in sometimes. <clears throat> you see, you could have one stone stuck on the wheel or you could have had two. <clears throat> but you know, I love singing. There's an old hymn we used to sing. It sings and the words go something like this. Oh, for a closer walk with God. And I know people that have been singing that. <clears throat> and I know people that have had wonderful, tuneful voices. And they've sung it in tune. And they've sung it over and over again. And they've sung it for 20 years. And they're still singing, oh, for a closer. And they haven't got a hood closer than ever they were. Are you one of those people? <clears throat> Oh, you would long to be walking closer with God, but you just never seem to get the right go. <clears throat> There's no evidence ever in your life of getting closer. You're not going anywhere with God. <clears throat> the old Salvation Army man once said, <clears throat> if you're not growing with God, you should feel guilty. Because you're not fulfilling the command of God. He says, grow. <clears throat> are you guilty before God of not growing you're stuck stuck <clears throat> somebody else once said don't be content to remain as you are is not what so many of us are we're content just to say what we are friend let me tell you something there's a reservoir and glory of blessings and they're yours and they can be yours and you can be part of them and you can be involved in them and you can take a grip of them and they'll come into your soul and you'll rejoice in the Lord and they can be yours but you must keep growing with God. You'll not have them sitting around. <clears throat> you know, I'm thrilled to be in a church like this. Thrilled to be in a wee church that's going someplace with God. <clears throat> I really enjoy it. I love being here. But you know, there's something I would hate to happen. <clears throat> I would hate the church would go on with God and leave you behind. It could happen. You know, God's desire is that the lamps will be all trimmed and burning. They'll be all ready for the bridegroom coming. There'll be nobody in a panic when he comes to say, Oh, I've missed it out with God. I need to get this old lamp refilled again. 
And you know, as I was thinking of going these, these things, I thought, what is there that keeps people back from going on with God? What is there that keeps people back from going on with God? And I tried to throw a whole lot of things out, but you know, I couldn't touch them all this morning, and I suppose many of us has different things. <clears throat> you know, but there's things you might get involved in sometimes. And you get so tied up with them. And you get so controlled with them. And you get so taken up with them. That you can't get going on with God. There's just that weight that hangs around you. And it holds you back whenever you're going. And then there's the lack of traditions that you get stuck in. And we have done it and our grannies has done it and our daddies has done it and our everybody else has done it. And we're going to keep on doing it too. And it's just done you in the way you were all. And you'll never be anything else only stuck in it. So like getting into an old tradition and not letting yourself go in the Lord can tie you down and you get nowhere. So many people get so stuck on them they get nowhere with God. It's hard to change. And then friends and relations can hold you back sometimes. Oh I would love to do things for the Lord but what what about your man? What would he think of me? It doesn't matter what he thinks of you. You're better pleasing the Lord than pleasing man. And there's all those things that come in that keeps us back from growing with God. There's something else that could keep you back. There's the possibility of loving something so much that God doesn't get first place in your life. The possibility of getting something in your heart so much that you don't want to give up, that you want to hold on to, no matter what happens, you're going to keep that little thing in your life. And because that gets into your life, you can't get going on with God. You're a bit of a fool if you're like that. Because that thing that you're holding on to, someday you're going to lose it anyway. You'll not keep it forever. It's no fool that gives up what he cannot keep for something he'll never lose. And you know what, I was thinking of those who get a love in their heart for something. Something that they want to hold on to, something that they won't let go, something that means everything to them, if I could put it that road. And they get it so much in their heart, they get so stuck on it, they're not going on with God. The old hymn writer used to say, take the world, but give me Jesus. Friends, that's the way you go with God. You just say all to Jesus, I surrender. That's how you go with God. You don't go, Karen. I was thinking, I have a comical way of putting things. You know, if somebody spent a lifetime uh, uh, playing something like golf, why they do it, I don't know, but if they did, <clears throat> and half roads through their life, they decided they wanted to play football. But they loved the golf but they want to play. Could you see them going to play a football with the golf clubs under their arm? They have to leave the old golf clubs down before they can play football. There's a whole aunt that wants to walk with Christ, but they want to keep the world under their arm. Friends, you can't. It's Jesus. It's not Jesus and the world. It's Him alone. 
Tell me, is there something in your heart that you love so much that you won't give all to Jesus? And as I was thinking of this, I thought of this story we read. Jacob loved Benjamin. Jacob really loved Benjamin. He loved Benjamin because of two or three reasons, of course. He loved Benjamin because he was the son of the wife that he loved, if I could put it that route, he had two or three others, but he, he really loved Rachel more than the others. After all, he spent seven years working for her. <clears throat> and you know, he also loved Benjamin because he was Joseph's brother, and Joseph had been lost for 20 odd years. He thought he was dead. So there was that special place in his heart for Benjamin. And whenever the, the brothers came back from Egypt, and he said, we're not going to get any more corn unless we take Benjamin down. Old Jacob says, well, I'm not letting them go. Now, whenever you sit down and you start thinking about that, I'm not letting Benjamin go. There's a sobering thought in that. A sobering thought. <clears throat> I'm not going to let Benjamin go. You know, if Benjamin didn't go, there was going to be no corn. And if they didn't get corn, there was going to be no food. And if they didn't get food, they were going to starve. And in spite of the fact that old Jacob knew they were going to starve and they were going to die and they were going to grow weak and they were going to do all those things, he says, I'm not letting them go anywhere. It's not like a whole lot of us in the spiritual realm. Just like us all. There's things that we hold dear to our hearts. And there's things that we love in our hearts with us all. But you have to let them go to go on with God. And old Jacob was saying, I'm going to starve before I let him go. Tell me, would you lose your spiritual walk with God before you let go that old thing you love in your heart? Would you hold on to that old thing that means more to you than God so that you could spiritually shrivel up and be useless and be good for nothing in the king's battle in days to come just because you were holding on to that old Benjamin in your life? May God give us the grace to kick out the Benjamins. Kick out the old things that we love so much that's keeping us back from walking with God. And I can see why he did love him. And I can see why you would love some things. And I can see why I would love things. But you know what costs to serve God? The price is high, severe the cost for those who will enjoy God's best. Sometimes we have to throw out the things we love for to go on with God. Benjamin's not going. I'm going to starve. Is that you? I'm going to hold on to that thing I love. Keep God in the second place. <clears throat> it's wonderful whenever you start preaching, you have notes, and before you get to the end, you lost yourself, isn't it? <clears throat> you know, he said he wasn't going down with him. He says, I'll die before I let them go. Maybe that holds a place like that.
something you love so much, you would keep it in front of God. I'm not letting him go. There's another thought on this that would be interesting. And it comes out in chapter 43 and verse 8. Jacob says, I'm not letting Benjamin go. If he didn't let Benjamin go, you know what's going to happen? The whole family was going to starve. That's a sobering thought. If you don't let Benjamin go, there's not one of your family going to get a feed. Do you know something? If you're out of tune with God, it'll show in your whole family. And if you're in tune with God, it'll rub onto your whole family. And how many people go into the prayer meetings and they pray, Lord, will you save my son? Lord, will you save my daughter? And they're walking out of tune with God themselves. How do you expect God to save them? Sometimes we have to let our Benjamin go for the sake of our families. Sometimes we have to let that thing that we love so much go for the sake of our families. Sometimes we have to bow down and say, Lord, you have it, you're road, I'm going to give in. And you know, as I think of that, do you know who was in that house? It wasn't just Jacob and the wife and Benjamin. There was the sons of all the other wives was there. For the husbands of all the other wives, they were there. There was the children of those other ten or twelve of a family who was there. There was a whole pile of servants that was there. There was a pile of people in that house, and the whole shoot of them was going to starve if he held on to his Benjamin. <clears throat> you know something, friends? There's people depending on you going on with God. What's going to happen to them if you hold on to your old Benjamin? Jacob said, I'm not letting him go. Even though the whole family goes, I'm not letting him go. I was taking a meeting in Belfast a few weeks ago there. It wasn't a big church, and seemingly there's only a dozen or two goes to it, not being a Sunday night. It was nothing to do with the church now. It was just a group of people was using the church hall for this meeting. And as the meeting was over, I was talking to a couple of, I was going to say old dolls there in the back of it, but you know what I mean. They were at least 60. <coughs> I don't know what age they were, but they were sitting there in the back of it. And we were talking. And the conversation developed around and They were saying, we go to this church, and we love the church. And my mummy and daddy went to the church, and my granny and my granda went to the church, and the whole generation just went to the church, and it's breaking our hearts, there's only a dozen ghosts to it on a Sunday night. And they were complaining, and I could see where they were coming from. And I listened to them for a while. And then I said to them, says, I tell me this, does your children come to the church? No. Says, I, why don't they come? Because they think so thing, they says, is so boring and so, so depressing, I can't get my young'uns to come to it. Well, says, I'll tell you something. 
Would you be safer getting your young'uns to comfort or please your granny and grand the land in the graveyard? Friends, we can get so tied up with something we love that it affects our families. We can get so tied up with something that's craven within our hearts that it affects a generation to come. Would you let Benjamin go so that your family could go on with God? I'm not letting Benjamin go. Family can starve if his lies. <clears throat> Something else about this. <clears throat> if Jacob didn't let Benjamin go, Simeon was going to stay in prison. Because the first time they went down, they took Simeon and they put him in prison and they said, we'll keep him here for his security until you come back the next time with Benjamin. So there was old Simeon. He was sitting in a prison cell down in Egypt. And I don't know how long he was sitting there, but he was sitting there and he was probably counting his days along with that corn they got the last time to them. Along will it be before they're back again? Will, will old Jacob ever send Benjamin? Well, I was stuck in this prison forever. And they were sitting there in the, he was sitting there in that prison cell. And if Benjamin didn't come, he'd be staying in it. There's people going to stay in bondage in the church if you keep holding on to your Benjamin. And there's people in your life and in your home if you keep holding on to your Benjamin they'll never get going with God. And there Simeon sat in that old prison surrounded with walls probably bars and windows and the door was locked and he got a dinner slid through the door every lock of days and he was there because Benjamin wasn't allowed to go. Friends, tell me. Is the lifestyle you're living keeping others in prison spiritually? Is the lifestyle that you're living keeping others in bondage? Is the lifestyle that you're living keeping others locked up and hindering them going on with God? And you're sitting there. I'm not letting Benjamin go. He can stay in prison. Friends, it's time we quit holding on to our old Benjamins. Time we quit bondage to others. It's time we quit starving our own souls. It's time we started to move in the Lord and in the Spirit of the Lord and let liberty take over and set the prisoners free and rejoice in the Lord with the fullness but then there's so many. I'm not letting Benjamin go. Will you let Benjamin go? <clears throat> we get so taken up with the love of old traditions. So taken up with the way mommy and daddy used to do things. So taken up with other things. We just end up keeping people in prison. <clears throat> Something else about this I want to show you. <clears throat> this man, Joseph, they didn't know it was Joseph. <clears throat> he was in Egypt. He was the one who was going to give the corn out whenever they would go back again with Benjamin. You know, whenever you boil that all down, Jacob, 
You're never going to see Joseph again unless you give Benjamin up. If you give Benjamin up, we can go to Egypt and we can see Joseph, the one whom you lost 20 years ago, the one who was you thought was dead 20 years ago, the one whose coat of many colors you used to hold with the blood dripping out of it, thinking some wild beast has killed him. And for 20 years he believed he was dead. Jacob, you can see him again. But you have to give your Benjamin up. You know, Jacob didn't know that that was what was involved. Jacob didn't know he could see Joseph again. Because he honestly thought Joseph was dead. But you know, the Lord had it all planned out. And it was all a plan of God coming together. And it was all working out. Give your Benjamin up and you can see Joseph again. Do you know who Joseph was? Genesis 37 verse 3, I think it is. It says, Jacob loved Joseph more than all his other brothers. And Jacob loved Joseph more than Benjamin. And he loved Joseph more than all the other brothers. And Benjamin was born at the time he said he loved Joseph more. There wasn't another brother in the family that he made a coat of many colors for. There wasn't another one in the family that he had set for broken hearts, a broken heart over. And for 20 odd years from the time, uh, roughly 20 years from the time Joseph was killed, that man had sat with a broken heart. Thinking of Joseph, and if you read down the story, you'll see that wee clause coming out many and many a time. There's one that's not with us anymore, and it was still annoying the heart of Joseph. There's one that's gone. He could beat him again, but he had to give up Benjamin. Did you ever think the blessings that was in store for you if you give up your Benjamin? Did you ever think that you could rejoice in the Lord in a way like you never done before? But you have to give up your Benjamin. You have to give up the thing you love. You have to give up the thing you hold on to. You have to give up the thing that's dear to your heart. But if you do, you'll get something twice as good. Because Joseph meant far more to him than Benjamin did. He loved him more than ever. I'm not going to go down to it tonight. But you know, did you ever visualize what that meeting with Joseph was like? That day whenever Jacob took us traveling down to Egypt. That day whenever his eyes seen Joseph again. Twenty years his heart was breaking. Twenty years he had thought he was dead. Twenty long years he thought a wild beast had killed him. But he gave his Benjamin up when he seen him again. He didn't know what was before him. (coughs) And there was tears. (coughs) And there was rejoicing. And there was fellowship. And there was love. And there was reunion. Do you know why it happened? Because he says, take Benjamin with you. Friends, I tell you tonight, we lost an awful lot with God because we hold on to an old Benjamin. We lost a whole lot with God because we hold on to an old habit we love.
We lost an awful lot with God because we have something in our hearts that's dear to us and we'll not lay it all for God. You remember the story about Abram? <coughs> you remember Abram's big test? Put Isaac on the altar. And he had a blessing. And Abram was called the friend of God after he put his Isaac on the altar. It's not the same thing as let your Benjamin go. Tell me tonight, have you a Benjamin in your life that's hindering you progressing with God? Have you a Benjamin in your life that's stopping fellowship with others? Have you a Benjamin in your life that's stunting the growth the growth of your family? Have you a Benjamin in your life that's hindering the blessings of God? That was what was happening. The greatest thing that could happen to Jacob was seeing Joseph again. The greatest thing that can happen to you is give all all. Give God all and get the blessings he has for you. The blessing he has for you is much, much more than what's the love of your heart. The blessing he has for you will mean more in days to come than that old thing you're holding on. The blessings he has in store for you will be more than you'll ever expect. <clears throat> you know, I so often hear people talk, and I can understand where they're coming from. But you ask people to do something, and they say, oh, I couldn't do that. Or maybe they couldn't. <clears throat> I believe God could change you, you could. And whenever we start talking, but I couldn't do it. You're only saying, God, you couldn't work with me. God can make anything happen. It's hard to believe that whenever I was a youngster going to school, I had such a bad... They wouldn't even ask me to read in class. It's hard to believe whenever I was going to school, they used to call me Mr. Nerviser. It's hard to believe that I was in the Bible college for 12 months and there's a prayer, prayer meeting in it every Friday and never once did I open my mouth in it. I was afraid to open my mouth in it. And God took me and changed me. There is nothing that he can't do with you. And don't ever say you can't do it for Jesus. Let your Benjamin go and he'll do it. <clears throat> don't get tied down. Don't lose the liberty in the gospel because you're holding on to an old Benjamin. Tell me, can you say it tonight or this morning? All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. Will you give your Benjamin to Jesus? Will you leave your all on the altar? Will you give everything to God? Just a thought came into my head as I was coming down the road this evening or this morning. If Jacob ever thought of what I had said, I'm not giving Benjamin. After the experience of meeting Joseph, what do you think he would have thought of saying, I'm not giving Benjamin? I believe Jacob would have said I was a fool for holding on to Benjamin. 
I was a fool for saying he's not going. I was a fool. Friend, if you don't go through with God, you're a fool. If you don't give up your Benjamin for God, you're a fool. Because he can take anything and make something wonderful out of you. He's a mighty saviour. You know, we're only pots of clay. That's all. A bit of muck put together. But we can be filled with the Spirit. We're not much to look at, but we're sons of the King. Oh, we can't do very much in our own strength. We knock our brains out doing wee manual things down here. But sure, what's that? And if you're walking down the streets of glory and you meet a soul that you point it to the Lord, you'll say, well, I did do something worthwhile. <clears throat> and how many of us has lost night with God because we're holding on to the Benjamin, the thing that we love in our hearts. Friends, I plead with you. <clears throat> the old scripture says, that you may grow in the knowledge of God. I was pondering, I wonder did they get that right when they wrote it? Of course they did. <clears throat> but you know, there's maybe another way to say it. Do we need to grow in the knowledge of God or does God need to grow in us? And I think the real meaning of that verse would be that God grow in me. Benjamin's goes, the sins goes, the habit goes, everything goes. We walk in God. Friend, I leave the text with you this morning. Don't hold on to a Benjamin and mar your walk with God. Gary, have you a closing him?